0: The message you're about to listen to is produced by CRIC Media.
1: Tell your neighbor, the word of God is working. Is it working for you? It's working for me. Now, I traveled to Lagos, and on my way back, the Lord gave me a message that I shared in Port Akut briefly. And um, it is titled Overcoming the Fear of Death. Overcoming the Fear of Death. I believe that there are Certain things we need to know as believers. And we need to get into our spirits. Because if we do, it actually sets us on the path of victory. For instance, in Isaiah chapter 25, verse 6. I want you to see this. It says, and in this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all people a feast of choice pieces. Old King James says, a feast of fast things. Now that refers to the richness of the word. Then it says, a feast of wines on the lees. There's mature wine. Then he says, "Of oh, father is full of marrow. Now that refers to healing words. Healing words. Say healing words. That's words that heal. Hallelujah. Then he says, Of oh, wise on a least well refined. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Why is God doing this? Look at the next verse. It says, and he will destroy in this mountain the face of the covering cast over all people and the veil that is spread over all the nations. Now give it to me in the New King James. He will destroy on this mountain the surface of the covering cast over all people and the veil that is spread over all nations. Now when the Lord started sharing with me certain things last year, it dawned on me it was as though it was the news of last year. There's a veil that was over the nations. Do you know that for the most part, people have lost their fear? Are you aware of that? See, it's it's there. Look at verse 8. It says, He will swallow up death forever. The Lord will wipe, the Lord will wipe away tears from all faces, the rebuke of his people. It will take away from all the earth. For the Lord has spoken. And it will be said in that day, behold, this is our God. We have waited for him. He will save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. We'll be glad and rejoice in his salvation. Think about that. We'll be rejoiced in his salvation. Think about that. So God wants you to know as a child of God. That in the midst of what's happening in the nations. He will show himself strong on behalf of his people. Amen. In 2 Timothy 1, verse 10, the Bible says that he brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. So, but now has been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death. Did you see that? Who has abolished death? Hallelujah. Who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Hallelujah. That is so important. So it's so important that we we get a hold of it. And hey, we're in a new day. We're in a new day. And each of us have to have a new mindset. That hey, as a child of God, death is not from me. You see that? Death is not from me. As a child of God, you sleep. You see that? You sleep. When Paul talks about death for the Christian, it's sleep. Praise God. Now let's look at Hebrews 2 14. Now give it to me in the old King James so they can get a hold of this. For as much then as the children of particular flesh and blood, he malikigrungashtogra kahadios nai. Play on the keyboard, please. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Are you all there? Amen. This was Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. You will not die young. He says for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood. He also himself likewise took part of the same that through death. It might destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. Now think about that. In 2 Timothy 1.10 he says he abolished death. Can God lie? It brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. So what threatens the world doesn't threaten us. Are you following me? Now look at this. Go back to Hebrews 2.15 now. And deliver them who through fear of death where all their lifetime what subject to bondage. Hallelujah. So it tells us that Jesus came to deliver us from the fear of death. The fear of death is the biggest fear. It's the biggest fear. And many suffer From the fear of death. So, how do we break free? I'll deal with this strongly in the next service. How do we break free from the fear of death? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Stand up for a moment, please. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lift your hands towards heaven and just worship Him. Thank him for delivering you from the fear of death. Ask him to give you a revelation. A revelation that will deliver you from the fear of death. Talk to the Lord. You ask the Lord to give you revelations from his word that gives you or delivers you from the fear of death. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Blessed Lord, we worship you. We worship you. We give you thanks. We honor you, Father. You deserve the praise. You deserve the glory. Thank you, Holy Father. Amazing God, we worship you. Go ahead, talk to the Lord like you need it. You're praying like you don't want it. We live in the wicked world. Pray with fire in your heart. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Eternal Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. Send us in our word, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Praise God. All right. We're looking at overcoming the fear of death. And we read a few scriptures already. I want us to look at how do we overcome the fear of death? Number one, by the cross by the cross when Jesus died on the cross he swallowed up death in victory hallelujah when Jesus died on the cross it swallowed up death in victory in Romans 6 verse 23 the Bible says for the wages of sin is death a payment for sin. Because death came in because of Adam's sin. See, in Romans 5 verse 12, the Bible says, first by one man, it says, sin entered the world and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men for that all sin. When Adam sinned, death passed upon all men. So in the sight of God, we're all dead spiritually. And when you're dead spiritually, you have to die physically. See, because there are five expressions of death. The first one is spiritual death. Spiritual death is separation from God. Separation from God. In Isaiah 59, 1 and 2, the Bible tells us this. It says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shut that he cannot save. Neither is he a heaven that he cannot hear. Next. But your iniquities are separated between you and your God. And your, your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Separation from God. The man that is not born again is separated from God. The man that is not born again. In Ephesians four verse 18, the Bible says these words. it says, having the honest son that can been alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that's in them because of the blindness of the heart speaking of unbelievers. Give me 17 to 18. So this I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of your mind. How I many understanding darkened? Then he says, Being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of your heart. So the unbeliever is separated from God. No matter how religious he is, if he's not born again, he's separated from God if you go to church and don't receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, then of course, if you die, you're going to hell. You see that? Because it is faith in Jesus Christ that rescues you from spiritual death. Are you born again at a good church? It means nothing. It means nothing whatsoever. Hallelujah. It says, For the wages of sin is death. Romans 6, verse 23. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. In Romans 5, verse 12, which we read earlier. It says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered the world, and death by sin, so death passed all men, for that all have sinned. If God will have to deal with a death problem, he has to deal with a sin problem. So in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21, the Bible says, He who knew no sin, God made him to be sin for us. You see that? He knew no sin. God made him to be sin for us. So Jesus became our sin offering. In Romans 4 verse 25, the Bible says he was delivered for our offenses. He was delivered for our offenses and raised again for our justification. See that? He was delivered for our offenses. That means when he died, he paid for our sins. The reason he should have died a common debt was a sin debt. Because Adam and everyone from Adam hold a sin debt. Sin debt is D-E-B-T. We call it debt, but debt. That was death. Okay, so the sin debt meant that everyone from Adam was going to die. Because the wages of sin is death. The payment for sin is death. So if anyone is going to pay for our sins, it has to die. Because some people don't know why Jesus had to die. And the other big one is that people don't know why one person's death will pay for everybody's sin. Hallelujah. Jesus became a man for that reason. There's no way we could have been redeemed without human blood. You see that? He became a man. Psalm 49, verse 6. Psalm 49, 6. It says, They that trust in their wealth and boast themselves in the of their riches. Verse 7. It says, None of them can by any means redeem his brother nor give to God a ransom for him. It says, Money can, can redeem you because God had ordained blood to be the ransom for souls. It says silver and gold won't redeem. Look at the next verse. For the redemption of their soul is precious and it there it forever. All through humanity, when someone is sick and are dying, they look for one way, maybe kill an animal. What sacrifice do we have to do? You see why the Bible calls the blood of Jesus the precious blood of Christ? In Leviticus 17, 10 to 11. Leviticus 17, 10 to 11. Listen to this. It says, Whatsoever man there be of the house of Israel of all the strangers that sojourn among you and he, that he any man of blood, I will even set my face against that so that eat blood. I will cut him off from among his people. See why? That's why you don't eat blood. Why? It says, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. It says, the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given to you. Given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. It is the blood that makes it an atonement for your souls. You see why the blood of Jesus works? So when someone says, if you've sinned, bring 2,000 naira, bring 2,000 dollars, bring for whatever sin you've sinned, hey, it's the blood that makes an atonement. First Peter 1 verse 18. For as much as you were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. verse 19, say, but with the precious blood of Christ... As of a lamb without blemish and without spot. So the payment for sin has to be blood. It has to be blood. And when you heard... In Ezekiel 18 verse 4, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. The blood is the atonement for the soul. So when it died on the cross, it redeemed my soul from death. Are you following me? And that's why when you're faced with danger, and shout the blood of Jesus. Why are you rescued? Because when you shout the blood of Jesus, God remembers the blood the devil remembers the blood the sickness remembers the blood and you're rescued because the blood has made an atonement for your soul are you following me by the cross by the cross go to Romans 5 12 again is this helping anybody today It says, where first by one man sin entered the world and dead by sin, and so dead passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Now, when I explain this, I use a slave trade. If I was bought as a slave, my generations were bought as slaves. How many of you know that? Every child that comes from a slave is what? A slave. On earth, primarily, there are two kinds of men. Those who came from Adam and those who came from Christ. In 1 Corinthians 15 verse 22, it says for us in Adam all die. So everyone that is not born again is after the Adamic order. So spiritual death is their portion. And also, they can just die anyhow. But it says in Christ shall all be made alive. Do you now see why the Bible says if any man be in Christ is a new creation? Because the one that is not born again, there's a death sentence on him. If death is looking for anyone, he can pick any of those ones. But the one that is born again, the blood is speaking. Hebrews 12 verse 24, the Bible says the blood of Jesus speaks better things than the blood of Abel. The blood lalias, the blood preaches, the blood announces. can't just die anyhow. See? And we need to make up our minds to understand what happened at the cross. See? The cross was a place of exchange. It took our sin and gave us his righteousness. You see that? It took our sin and gave us his righteousness. Think about that. It took your sickness and gave you healing and health. In fact, the name Yeshua means health. It means saving health. It means deliverance. It means prosperity. Go study the word salvation in the Old Testament. So, when I say Yeshua, when I say in the name of Jesus, in the name of Yeshua, there are things I can gain from that name, deliverance. Prosperity, safety, health. So most people don't know why the blood of Jesus works. Some Christians don't even believe in pleading the blood or even sprinkling the blood. One time the Lord was talking to me about the blood. And, um... Because I was raised in a ministry that didn't believe in, in sprinkling the blood. And the Lord was talking to me about the blood. Now look at this in verse 24, Hebrews chapter 24. It says, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, Jesus is here in the meeting in Zion. And to the blood of what? Of sprinkling. So one time I was talking when when um, university a young man was talking to me said it means the sprinkled blood I want to check it no it is a ministry it's the blood of sprinkling they are speaking better things than the blood of Abel so when I say in the name of Jesus I plead the blood or I sprinkle the blood it speaks it has a voice. Are you following me? When people are in danger, they call the name of the juju they have. When we are in danger, we call on the name of the Lord. second Samuel 22 verse 4, David said, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. He says, so shall I be saved from my enemies. Jesus, so shall I be saved from my enemy. You see that? Someone is threatening you. Come on, give me your phone. In the name of Jesus. Call See, you need to know what you're doing. Because when you call that name, you're actually releasing the anointing on him. In Songs of Solomon 1 verse 3, the Bible says his name is as the point for the ointment. So when I say, in the name of Jesus, the anointing. so Somebody bring your phone. In the name of Jesus. I say, what did the dude? The so shall I be saved from my enemies. But some of you do your area boy Listen. The guy said, Bring your phone. He said, What did it do? He said, well, i go shoot you. So, I cool I down. That's not what you said. That's not how you are saved from your enemies. You didn't use his name. Are, the blood of Jesus is against you. The Bible tells us they overcame him. Revelation 12, verse 11. How? By the blood of the Lamb. How? By the word of your testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. In other words, they were selfless people. The Lord was teaching me about the blood. And I wanted to. I I said, okay, Lord, you told me to follow Kennedy Higgins. I need to know whether Kenneth Higgins um, um, taught or says, and his son, I found a message by his son talking about how Kenneth Higgins when they moved to a new house, he will plead the blood of Jesus over the house and, and the blood of Jesus. I said, buddy, it, it never really spends time teaching this. Because when I say the blood of Jesus, if I'm faced with death, I'm saying somebody has died for me, I don't need to die now. The blood of Jesus. Oh boy, I go shoot you! The blood of Jesus. (sighs) They go, 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 they go. Why so shall I be safe from my enemy? Let me show you something in First Samuel chapter seven. Is this happening to anybody today? Let's begin from verse two. So it was that the ark remained in Kirjathjearim a long time. It was there twenty years, and all the house of Israel lamented after the Lord. It was there for twenty years. It was after the twentieth year it was moved. We have moved from twenty twenty. We are moving to what? All right, you will catch that later. Then Samuel spoke to all the house of Israel, saying, If you return to the Lord with all your heart, then put away the foreign gods, and he the rest from among you, and prepare your hearts for the Lord, and serve him only. He will deliver you from the hand of the Philistines. And it was Get away from all these charms we are trying to use, and go to all these native doctors, and they are Christians, and they say that all power belongs to God, and mix all kind of stuff. He says... So the children of Israel put away the bows and the ashtoreths and serve the Lord only. And Samuel said, gather all Israel to Mizpah and I'll pray to the Lord for you. So they got out together at Mizpah and drew water. That's the type of the word. And poured it out before the Lord. And they fasted that day and said there, we have sinned against the Lord. And Samuel judged the children of Israel at Mizpah. Watch this. Now the philistines heard that the children of Israel had gathered together to get The laws of the philistines went up against Israel and when the children of Israel heard of it, they were afraid of the philistines. They were afraid. So the children of Israel said to Samuel, do not cease to cry to the Lord our God for us that he may save us from the hand of the philistines. And Samuel took a suckling lamb. Samuel took a suckling lamb. The precious blood of the lamb. It took a suckling lamb. Now, don't forget they were doing the atonement every year. This is not the atonement. Samuel was not a priest, was a prophet. He took a suckling lamb, watch this, and offered the whole burnt offering to the Lord. Then Samuel cried to the Lord of, of, for Israel, and the Lord answered him. Next. Now, while Samuel's offering up the, of the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to, to, to battle against Israel. But the Lord turned out with a loud thunder upon the Philistines so that they were confused and they were overcame before Israel. Why? The blood came into the picture. So I plead the blood of Jesus. Can he testify in his book the triumphant church about a lady that was beaten by a scorpion. And as the scorpion beat her, the natives saw the, the missionary and she said, I plead the blood of Jesus. So the natives were following her to watch her die because they knew this caterpillar scorpion, when it stings you, you're gone. And she didn't die. Why didn't she die? Because she said, I plead the blood of Jesus. It was invoking his death. Somebody has died for me. I don't have to die now. So I plead the blood of Jesus. You in a vehicle? I plead the blood of Jesus. No matter what happens, you will come out without a scratch because somebody has died for you. He died your death. In Hebrews 2 verse 9, the Bible says Jesus tasted death for every man. But well, we see Jesus who was made to little the Lord the angels for the suffering of death, crown of glory and honor. And he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. When last did you plead the blood of Jesus with understanding? Another word of faith preacher, because I was searching, I wanted to, to know about the blood. Because if God is telling me it's okay to play the blood, I want the word. I want others who have gone ahead of us in the faith and the word of faith movement who, who believe in playing the blood. Kenny Copeland does. And I found a story by Don Gossett. And he said, Their office, these were breaking into the office consistently, breaking into the office consistently. Like, who was like, God, how do we do this? They put alarms, they put everything, the thieves the kept on breaking in. Then, it was in a meeting that the minister was sharing that one time, this particular minister I was sharing, he was ministering in another state, uh, country or state. And because these stories are between Canada and the US, so I don't know uh, all the details, I can't remember all the details right now. So, while ministering away from home, the devil told him, as he was casting out devils, hitting the sick, and said, I am going to go to your house and kill your children. They shall be beaten by wolves that have rabies. Was it foxes or something? Foxes or so? They have rabies. So the minister standing on this altar, how do you go home? How do you? And there's this open fence. He has an, uh, at the back of his house. You know, this people used to have houses at bush area. And, and he has an open fence in one corner of his house. So he called his uh, brother and said, please go home. And, um, the enemy might be sending some animals to bat my children that are, that have rabies. So he prayed where he was and said, father, I draw a bloodline around my property. The next morning, the brother younger brother was walking around the property and found two whether foxes or is it wolves, one of those creatures, and um two of them dead at the edge of the fence, smitten by the head. When he drew a bloodline, God had to bring justice, had to thunder against those things. When last did you plead the blood of Jesus? Every night my family and I pray for you and your families. And we draw a bloodline around your house every night. If I walk and I'm so tired when I wake up in the night, I say, oh, I've not done this my people. I must do it for you every night. Why don't you hear cases of robbery? The bloodline. Every night I do that for you. Draw a bloodline around your house. I hear you justify uh, the Romans came and uh, they robbed the other house they did not come to our house praise the Lord I know the bloodline is worked because when someone brought the suckling lamb that is not the lamb for the for, that was offered by the high priest this man is a prophet. And God turned out upon the flesh. So Don Gossett had to do his own. About his office, I was always robbed. So he said, in the name of Jesus' father, I draw a bloodline around our office. He said, from that day, nothing was stolen. Our office was never broken into anymore. If there's any message the enemy has sought to fight is the message of the blood. There are churches in America right now they say never sing about the blood of Jesus. Yes. So let's move away from blood as, as much as possible. They don't understand the blood. Let me close with this. In Genesis chapter 15 And I want us to begin from verse 7. Genesis fifteen seven. Then he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of the, all the Chaldeans to give you this land to inherit it. I'm reading New King James. And he said, oh, Lord God, how shall I know that inheritance? inherited? You know, what is a guarantee? I'll inherit this land. What is a guarantee? Blood has to come into the picture. Verse 9. So he said to him, bring me a three-year-old heifer. A heifer is a cow that has never had children. If you study the story of the redemption in the, in, the, in the Old Testament, I don't have time to show you some, a few things about the heifer. The, the heifer is a symbol of the fact that the Messiah will be a virgin that has never had children. Because a heifer is a cow that has never given birth. And don't forget even, let me just throw this in for good measure, the lamb that was offered was the lamb of the first year. There was a lamb that had never had sex. The male lamb of the first year never has sex with any creature until after the first. Even dogs, if you observe, most dogs until their first year. Which means the Messiah will be someone that never married. So we can know that Jesus never had a wife. And never slept with any woman. Bring me a three-year-old Eva. Why three-year-old? Do you know that Jesus' ministry was just three years and a half? About three years and a half? A three-year-old female goat. Because this covenant is a covenant of fertility. Then he says, and a three-year-old ram, rams are for kings. This person that would die will be a king. A turtle dove, that's a symbol of the Holy Spirit. A young pigeon, that's a symbol of man. It's a covenant between God, who is the spirit, and man. Pigeons are very noisy. Doves are very calm. Next. Then he brought all these to him and cut them in two down the middle and placed each piece opposite the other. The breast did not cut, but did not cut the breast in two. Now watch it. They cut the animals in two. Are you aware the Bible said we have a a new and living way through him? Through the veil? That is to say, his flesh? Through him? And you say, through him, through him, my God, supply all oh, your knees according to his glory by Christ Jesus. Some can say, Through Christ Jesus, through him, we have access through him to God the Father. They, they were caught in pieces, but the burst didn't cut in two. You know why? Because you have your will in the matter. And if God knows that people, if they die, go. why can't God just not make us? No, he leaves your will. Make a choice. Next, quickly. And when the vultures came down the carcasses, Abraham drove them away. Next. And when the sun was going down, a deep sea fell upon Abraham. And behold, the horror and great darkness fell upon him. Next. Then he said to him, watch this no, certainly now that God has brought blood into it so this is guaranteed your descendants will be strangers in the land that is not theirs and will serve them and will afflict them 400 years next so and also the nation whom they serve I will judge after all, they will come out with great possessions next, did that happen? it didn't happen? I said it didn't happen they were in Egypt after 400 years they came out with great substance see because if it's back by blood is guaranteed to happen. Now as for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried at a good old age. Next. He says, but in the fourth generation, they shall return here for the equal of the is not yet complete. Next. And it came to pass as the sun went down those dark and behold, they appeared a smoking heaven and a burning torch. When you read when God came upon Mount Sinai, in fact, the original Mount Sinai, they said, it's as though this dark thing as, it was burnt because a smoking furnace and a burning torch landed on that mountain. That's the same God that passed between those pieces. So now, in Abraham's day, when you call the covenant, you split the animal in two and the blood will be all over there and the stronger party on one end, the weaker party on the other end. And both of you will walk in the blood. And as a stronger part is walking in the blood, he will speak blessings and curses on the other party. One of the things he does as they are walking in blood, he says, be strong in us. Then he will take off his weapons, his armory, and give his armor to the other person. Does that remind you of something? The after the new covenant? The Bible says, be strong in the power of his might. And what happened? Put on the whole armor of God. So it takes off in that blood. It gives the other person the covenant, the the blood, the the weapons that says, be strong in us. Then it says, your enemies shall be my enemies. Have you heard where the Bible says, the Lord will fight for for you and shall hold your peace? So God is saying, and now covenant, I become enemies to your enemies. So when you're in danger, and you show the blood of Jesus, it becomes the enemy to sickness, it becomes the enemy to the accident, it becomes the enemy to the fire. When last you play the blood of Jesus with understanding, the doctor tells you you're not going to have a child, based on this. said." I plead the blood of Jesus. So, what do you say? So, I know what I'm talking about. Just leave that to me. What you've just done, you've just invoked the covenant. You've just invoked the covenant. That's why God told Abraham, says, No of a surety. There's blood in this. I can't fail this word. If I fail this word, I cease to be God. There's blood in this. The Bible calls that the anchor of the soul. When two people make a covenant. They know that none of them are going to break it. Because they know if you break it. It's a dead sentence. So God puts himself under a blood covenant. And man broke it. God came to die as a man. Jesus. Child of God, we have a covenant. what so the Bible says, we have a covenant established upon better promises. That's why Abraham couldn't fail. You take his wife, God's going to fight you. Because he says, "I'll be an enemies to your enemies. I'll bless them that bless you, and I'll cost those who cost you." To a covenant person, say, so "I plead the blood of Jesus." Bow your heads for a moment. Concerning that challenge right now, I want you to plead the blood of Jesus. Bring the blood into this.
0: Thank you for listening to this message. As we preach the full message of this new life, our goal is to raise the people who are like Jesus by exposing them to the influence of God's word and his spirit in an atmosphere of love so that they may be able to take the love of God, the word of God, and the healing power of God to every individual within their sphere of contact. For more information on how you can get other messages by Apostle David Walefeso, visit us at Charismatic Renaissance International Church, Kilometer 9 and 10, along Isaac Boro Expressway, Birobulu, Yenegua Bayaso State. You can also visit our website at crichurch.org. Follow us on Facebook at Charismatic Renaissance or call 003-382-7072. Or 005 120 God bless you.